Well, good morning, Church at Home family. Great to be back with you and uh, great to be sharing in week three of the Selfless series. When I was about 11 years old, I was moved to raise money for a children's charity. They provided services for kids with a range of severe disabilities. And uh, we were sent about 100 pins and badges uh, by post in those days. And then I went door to door selling them. I think they were like 20 cents each or something. Um, So I'd walk the local streets all Saturday morning and I sold two. (laughs) But at the last house, a lady looked at me and my meagre work and said, I'll take them all. I remember saying, no, 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 you only have to buy one. I wasn't a really good salesman, was I? Um, but hey, that that was ninety-eight pins at twenty cents, which is just under twenty bucks in nineteen sixty-seven. And she gave me twenty-dollar bill, and didn't want change. So twenty dollars, just for reference, in nineteen sixty-seven is about one hundred and eighty dollars today. So I went home and I told my mum, and she thought I was fibbing. And she sent me back to give the money back to the lady. So the woman gave me a written note to my mum saying, it was okay, she wanted to be generous. <laughs> and my mum read it and thought the lady was just showing off. You know, who does that? Well, you need to know, I, I came from a modest working class family and both my parents worked hard and had two jobs all their lives. In fact, there was a long period where my dad worked three jobs. Uh, And money always seemed to dominate every decision, and we worried about money. We can't afford it, was the song we sang as I was growing up. So my charity experience had a huge impact on me and my attitude to money going forward. The lady was not what I'd call rich, as she lived in a house as modest as ours, So I wondered how a person could do such a great thing and not be worried. Why should someone be so selfless? Couldn't figure it out. But I remember thinking, I want to be like that. In this third week, we've called the uh, subject extravagant giving. In week one, we contrasted two statements about Christian faith and asked you to choose a faith. The first, if you remember, was by Jesus himself who announced, I have come that you might have life and have it in abundance, which was from John 10.10. And the second was by German pastor Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who said, basing it on Luke 9, when Christ calls a person, he bids them come and die. Well, no surprise that most people chose the first statement. But the great paradox in the Christian faith is that both are true. At the same time, Jesus promises us life, but also says that to attain it, we must die. Now, just FYI, Jesus means death to self, not death of self. The abundant life he gives requires we first die to our self-centeredness to be selfless. And that sounds pretty drastic. How do we even begin to do that? Perhaps the most effective thing we can do to be selfless and so acquire abundant life is to practice extravagant giving. Now, before you freak out, I'm not saying only six-figure donations cut it in God's economy. 
In my experience, just regular, weekly, faithful giving, according to our means, qualifies us. But many people, even those who claim to be followers of Jesus, struggle to even do that. And yet in Australia, we are one of the richest nations on the planet. Our average weekly wage is, I think, something like $1,350 per week, which is about 70 grand a year. And according to Philanthropy Australia, the average person gives less than $5 per week on average. Hmm. That's less, by the way, than anyone in the UK, Canada, and well below the United States. Yet Australians are counted in the top 10% of the world's richest people. Uh, For instance, if you own a car, even a beat-up old 30-year-old one like I used to have, the United Nations places you in the top 8% of the wealthiest people in the world. 92% of people don't have access to a car. The problem is we don't feel rich. If you're a follower of Jesus, you'd know the many commands of God for us to be generous like uh, the one in Timothy, which says, command those who are rich in this present world, that's all of us, not to trust in wealth, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. In my experience, most Christians want to be faithful in giving, but because of upbringing or pride or lack of skill sets, we can't imagine how to do it. Or we've overcommitted ourselves to buying things, and so we haven't the time or space for generosity. So we just see the obstacles, the barriers. We think it's too hard, and so we settle. Survey after survey by governments report that people say money is their number one tension point in life. And the scriptures confirm that being generous is the reset to becoming more like Jesus. Hmm. So why do we struggle to be generous and selfless? Well, first, we don't feel we have enough to be generous. Our culture tells us that only rich people give generously. It's kind of like the lady who gave me the the money for, for the charity when I was a kid. You know, I instantly thought that she must have been wealthy. The second, we're not sure if our giving will make a difference. Now, there's many scandals, uh, and they make us cynical about giving, and we doubt our money actually goes to those in need. Uh, As a leader of a charity, uh, both here in Australia and Papua New Guinea, I know that to be very real in a lot of people's lives. And thirdly, we live with a scarcity mindset. We live with, we can't afford it, thinking, instead of, We can afford it, but by faith we choose not to afford it so that we can make other things a priority. Yet there is a God reality that we often don't see. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the selfish gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed, says the writer in Proverbs. In God's economy, giving enlarges our world. How does that work? Well, because when we give, we focus outwards on the poor and on charities and the church. 
They come into our circle of concern. And so our world grows and we become more selfless. But we're selfish if we only focus inwards on ourselves and it actually makes our world shrink. So if giving is good and helps us to be selfless, how do we get better at it? This is going to be hard to say and it's not easy to hear. It's just three words. Trust God more. Our faith and all the actions that flow from it, like our love of the church, our concern for the poor and marginalised, our desire to be more inclusive, is essentially a test of our willingness to trust God more each day. This is actually what Jesus did when he walked the earth. Luke 2 records, Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favour with God and man. At one time, Jesus said to Satan in the desert, do not put your Lord, the God, uh, your God to the test. But there is one thing in which God says we should test him and trust him. One thing that will also test our ability to be selfless. And we find that in the scriptures, of course, in the book of Malachi. It says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. These days we could say the church. Test me in this, says the Lord God Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. Hmm. What's a tithe? Isn't that just Old Testament stuff? Well, originally it was 10% of the crops and the produce of Israel. And today, 10% of your total wealth uh, is what is being referred to. So if you earn $100, your tithe or gift is $10. If you earned $10,000 a month, then $1,000 a month would be your tithe. Why 10% though? Well, this is just from my school of thinking. But I think God knows 10% is enough to freak us out and get our attention. But it's not enough to impoverish us. It's enough to cause us to be more selfless, though. And if you're worried about it being an Old Testament thing, Jesus said, you ought to give a tenth, but don't forget about justice, mercy, and faith. And for the record, tithing, or 10%, is a baseline. It's not a ceiling on our generosity. Over the years, people have had mixed reactions to tithing. Like, 10% is a bit extreme, isn't it? Uh, I'd have to totally rearrange my spending patterns to do that. Or, no, wait, I'd have to totally change my life to do that. Yes, that's the idea. Or someone might say, that would take great faith. To which again, I'd say, yes. Think about it. If we had all the money we ever needed, why would we need God? It's why we read, the purpose of tithing is to teach you always to put God first in your lives. That's from Deuteronomy. 
You see, giving is not meant to be an occasional, spontaneous or guilt-ridden act. Instead, God's hope is that your giving would be regular, thoughtful and joyful. Giving is something we do. However, generous is who we are. Generosity is a lifestyle of being selfless. So if you're being generous, you know, in that biblical way, well done. And if you're sitting there thinking, well, that's not me, could we start being generous? Could we just start? You see, faith doesn't wait to get before giving. It gives on the basis of what already has been received. It's acknowledging the provision and grace of God. In uh, Philemon, in the New Testament, we read, I am praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ. And when we put generosity into action, we become more like Christ, more selfless. <laughs>